Hey guys, welcome to episode six of the Healthy Six podcast with Travis and a distinct lack of Kyle, who is still living it up and loving it on honeymoon in Italy. So I hope he's having the best time. I have converted him. He is now eating pizza, which is really, really good. So I haven't mentioned a guest. I've not given you any surprises. I've not given you any secrets or tips. And there's a real reason for that. And I wanted this podcast to be as authentic as possible. And just to get to know... um, about what fitness and health really means to me, how I got into fitness and health or health and fitness, however you want to brand it, how I got into doing what I do, how I become a personal trainer, why I'm here. And then just to talk about, you know, how health and fitness has affected those that me and Kyle have even worked with. So just how health and fitness touches everyone that we come across um, in terms of support and making sure, you know, like, what does it actually mean? Is it just about getting beach ready? Is it just about getting uh, more confident and how it affects? Now, everyone kind of goes to the same um, sort of thought processes and everything like that. So, guys, I'm going to try not to waffle too long. This episode probably won't be as long. Um, And we're going to try and keep it under an hour. But we've got lots of really good responses. Now, unfortunately, on this one, I haven't got anyone to bounce my ideas off. I've got no one to bounce my thought processes off. But what I'm going to get you guys to do is to really try and resonate with this podcast and really try and give me your opinion and feedback um, once it goes live. So it is obviously going to be going live um, on Wednesday, the 17th of August. Um, so just trying to really kind of build on on what things is and, and what that means to, to each of us rather than what it means. So what is fitness? Now, fitness, by definition, is the condition of being physically fit and healthy. Or it could be the quality of being suitable to fill uh, or fulfill a particular task can be also really important. And then health is like a person's mental or physical condition. Um, and it's kind of just about who we are. So when we think about getting our cars MOT'd, we're kind of looking after the health of our car. Or when we take our dogs for a checkup, it's it's making sure that the health of the animal is is in like real good nick and making sure that we are suitable to do those things. So being fit and healthy can mean lots to many. So for some, it could be about um, being able to run 5k because you're a runner. So it might be about running five kilometers. So that would be fitness for for that person, which is like the stupidity of me signing up to a half marathon today when I don't even like the training. Fitness could be fitness for football. It could be fitness to be a good person um, for your family. So, you know, making sure you can go camping and lay on the floor with the kids and play ball games and run around and things like that. Like, what does fitness mean to you? Well, it means a lot to everyone and it means very, very different things. Um, so I guess in a way, what, what we're trying to look at in this podcast here is actually what areas can it help? So if we're thinking about fitness, it's going to improve our physical condition. So our physical condition in the gym, our physical condition out and about around the gym, whether it's running, whether it's walking, whether it's, again, being able to play with the kids, walking the dog, um, getting on the floor and cleaning your cupboards, you know, that, that that's part of being fit. That's part of your physical, physical condition um, and, and taking it through there. Now, the second thing would be confidence. So what confidence does that bring us being fit so that we can wear whatever we want or, or go out and meet new people and talk to new people and not worry about being in social settings? Fitness for could be just having that knowing that you've got that resilience. So going through that challenge of working hard, whether again, it's a CrossFit workout, whether it's uh, completing the longest run ever, your quickest run ever, whether it's new PBs in the gym, that's going to create resilience, that resilience that will transfer over into your workplace when you're feeling under the cost in terms of stress and pressure and you've got lots of tasks to do and you've got lots of things to do. 
then having that resilience that you've built in the gym or through fitness by running through football and stuff like that, then that is, is what's going to have a knock-on effect to your resilience in your day-to-day, whether that's maybe not giving up on relationships with friends or family and stuff like that because you know the good is in there. So it just has such a knock-on effect into to kind of pushing those comfort zones that we always talk about. Obviously, mental health is huge. Everyone talks about mental health, that ability to feel good, to be better, to to release those endorphins and those hormones and stuff like that. How how can we feel uh, better and take that into our day-to-day, into mental health and stuff like that? So there's loads of things that mental health, um, or, or there's loads of things, sorry, that fitness will affect with your mental health. So um, how many times have you been to the gym in a bad mood and you've come out of the gym feeling much, much better? Or you've gone to the gym feeling unfocused and not ready for work, but you come out and you've done that early morning workout and all of a sudden you just feel like a new person going into the week, into the day, into the month, into the year, whatever it is. But again, that's coming from within. So fitness does have a knock-on effect to that mental health. So these are all really important things that we have to pay attention to in terms of what fitness and health can do to service you and to make your life better. And there's so many things, but we also have to be ready to be able to do it and to commit. And I I think that's kind of, and we'll touch on this later, but I think that's really important why we recognize what fitness is to you. It's not fitness. What is fitness to me is how it should impact you. But what fitness is to you is different to what fitness is to your partner, what fitness is to um, your friends or your family or your work colleagues. They're all very, very different in terms of, you know, kind of what we should be doing and how we should be feeling. And it's really important that we acknowledge that because that that does have a knock-on effect. So what fitness is for me is entirely different to what it is to my partner. What fitness is to you should be entirely different. So whether that's, like I say, whether it's about running, whether it's about, um, you know, training hard for a half marathon, whether it, like it is just to try and give you that confidence to be outgoing, to try something new. They're all very different things. And and we're going to talk about what, what is fitness for others. And, and I'm going to give you some real life uh, feedback. So we sent out um, some Kyle and I, even though he's not on the podcast today, we sent out a question to people asking them, you know, what does, what has fitness and health done for you? So we are going to cover that. And it is empowering. It's inspiring. It knocked me for six, some of the answers I read. And I'm going to read some of them word for word. Now, people that listen to this, some of them will hear it and they'll be like, that's me. Some of them, people answered it in the group. So there'll be lots of them that have heard it. But just just actually hearing word for word what it was and what people had been through was so incredibly powerful. And it just puts into perspective all these different amazing things that health and fitness has done for people and what it can do for you, Um, which is really key to kind of just highlight exactly why, you know, why we shouldn't just be focusing on the scales. I had a conversation with a client last night. And she said to me, like, I, I always take her answers and, and make them better was the word she used. But it's not. It's looking into things more deeply. So, for example, we were talking about this question of what health and fitness could do for her. And for her, it was all about it's not done anything yet because it, she's only very new to it. But it was it gave her the, the confidence that she was moving in the right direction to where she wanted to be in terms of fat loss and the physique she wanted to have. But actually, it was really important that we then took broke it down. And actually, this person has never been into the gym properly before. She'd never used gym machines. She'd never come to a different gym. She'd never had a PT. She was coming into a new environment that was overwhelming for, or would be overwhelming for many. Um, and just has really run with it, you know, like, so it's kind of so important that we can see that people do go through the challenge and why, why it's really beneficial. But it was really empowering, inspiring to get these answers from people and 
and definitely has powered or empowered me to make sure that I continue making the changes. And I know when Carl read through his, he was like blown away in terms of the answers he got and kind of just kind of really reinforced why we're doing this, you know, like what, what are we trying to achieve with the Healthy Six in terms of giving it everyone that support, using the community to bring people together. Um, I think it's fair to say in the Facebook group, maybe people aren't getting involved as much as we'd initially liked. But we'll get there and people will get that confidence to do that. And we're going to turn it into one of the best communities that there is. And, and we are going to move it forward and we are going to give people the coaching that they want. And we are going to get people feeling and having like feeling great and having these answers. And when we ask them in three months time, what's health and fitness done for you? We're going to get more mind blowing answers. And that's just going to encourage them to carry on and understand that the scale isn't the only thing that we're looking at. It isn't just about how many inches you've lost. It isn't just about how much weight you can lift in the gym. It isn't about how quickly you can run five kilometers and all of those things. But when we put them all together, what does that mean for day to day? Well, it's absolutely massive. So what does fitness mean to you is very different to what it means to me. Why we got into it is very different. Now, Something that I talk to my clients about often, but maybe not enough, um, and we've spoken about this, and, there's, and there'll be clients that listen to this that it will stand out to um, in terms of, you know, why did I get into fitness? Now, I'm going to give you a background on, on who I am, and I mean, maybe my siblings will listen to this, and it may, be not, may not agree with this, but in terms of the way I felt growing up and the things that I went through, None of this is about how hard done by I was, but it's just about real transparency and authenticity and just about who I am. I might have made that word up, by the way. I, I think I've got it wrong, but I'm not first. Um, about who I am, why I do what I do, why I am the way that I am in terms of fitness and health and, and the gym and stuff like that. Because kind of where we've come from in the past is is a huge contrib- to or contribution to, to kind of where we are now. So when I was growing up, my mum was very, very overweight. Now, for some context, I'm sure she won't be listening to this. Um, and if she did, I'm not lying, so I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying. My mum was super morbidly obese. Um, the BMI gave her a limited time to live, effectively, because she was wearing away her body. She was massively unhealthy. Um, she ended up having uh, a gastric bypass, um, which is just to cut away some of the stomach to reduce her stomach size, um, which worked, and she lost loads of weight. But this was not the first attempt, you know. I've seen my mum do every diet under the sun. I've been to the Weight Watchers meetings with her and buying all the sweets and the crap that they give to keep you giving money to Weight Watchers. I've seen her do the Slimming World. I've seen her do Lighter Life where you're eating pancakes and crisps and shakes and not eating real food. The one-to-one diets, the Cambridge diets. I've seen them all. I've seen how they're fed. I've seen the whole jumping on the scales in front of everyone, being pressured into losing weight. And if you don't lose weight, then that means you've had a bad week. And it means you're less of a person. I've seen it. I've been there. I've been part of it. I've seen the emotion, the, the distress, the, I suppose the trauma, the, the shame of, of, you know, of only losing one pound or, of, you know, the excitement of losing seven pounds in a week because your stomach is entirely empty and you're completely starved. And, and, and now we're celebrating that and we're celebrating this poor health just because the scale is slightly lower. Like I've been part of that. And to the point where my mum wasn't able to do certain things, you know, maybe she couldn't come and play football with me as a child because she didn't have that ability. Um, You know, she didn't provide me with the healthiest meals because that wasn't in her knowledge. That wasn't in her repertoire. Some of them were, of course, and it's not a bad mouth, but, you know, getting the McDonald's because actually that's what she wanted when we was out shopping, but having it too often, which led to an imbalanced, unhealthy diet and all those things, you know, not being able to go and do certain things. Being ashamed, you know, turning up to the 
um, like the soft play center with your friends for a birthday party, but you know, you know, your mum can't get involved. You know, she's she's being judged by what she's wearing because of the size she is. And again, if this will already start to resonate with some people that they've been through this, or you know, they are that mum, maybe not, like maybe not to the same extreme, maybe to the same extreme, but all of a sudden you're you're resonating with this, and and maybe your kids are feeling that way. But let me tell you that the, when I say dieting and um fat loss and your 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 background that you come from has a knock-on effect to today's mental health around food and training and nutrition and all those things it really does so if you're someone at the moment maybe that's not doing doing what they should and you're listening to this and you're trying to find the motivation to get moving because you know you've got a family and you want to be there for them you know, you want to be there to the end because you're at the moment you're feeling unhealthy or you've got uh, kids that want to go and play football, but you can't go and join in with them. So, you know, you're sending the siblings out, but you're missing out on some of the greatest moments of, of, of having a child. And, you know, that's really sad. Like, it's really sad. But not only is it sad for you, I can assure you it's sad for them because I've been through it. Now, what that meant for me is those things that I didn't have access to, you know, I was a little bit of an overweight kid. I, I had the puppy fat, as my mum used to call it. It will go away. But we never changed those habits. We never educated. We never had the understanding. But instead, I remember being told that if I lost a certain amount of weight, I'd, I'd get £100 going shopping to Sports Direct. You know, I can't have been any, any older than 12. And I was being encouraged to diet and weigh myself. And the crisps had been taken away. And the fruit and the veg had been given. And I no longer had a choice about some of those things that I was eating. Um, and that that does have a knock-on effect to then to then those nutritional choices, right? Because then when those foods were taken away from me and I was told I can, I strictly cannot have them, you cannot have those, that food, what did I want? Of course I wanted that. And all that did is turn me to secret eating. As soon as I was old enough to walk to school and stuff like that by myself and I had a little bit of pocket money, I'd be in the shop, I'd be buying crisps, I'd be buying chocolate, I'd be buying full sugary calorific drinks. You know, it would have a, it would had a massive effect on who I was and who I will always be from an early age just because I was brought up around that background, you know? So I was that kid. So I love football. I had a sporting background. I was not able to be as good at it because I would get out of breath. I was unfit. I was overweight. It was harder for me to run around a football pitch chasing my friends, you know? Going goal, go centre-back because I was bigger. I couldn't do the other things that the other kids could. And that's massively uh, impacting as to kind of why I then got into the way I am. Now, I think it's a good point to stop here and say and clarify, this is not a woe is me. This has given me a, pos- a, a career. It's given me a passion. It's given me a, a, a real opportunity to impact people and to educate people and to support people so that, you know, if they've been through this themselves, they can start to improve themselves and be better for them. Or if they are doing that to maybe their kids or something, then we can educate them and we can we can stop that happening. We can encourage health and fitness for the children as well through activity, through moderation, through support, through providing good, fun foods to eat and just getting rid of these good and bad foods and stuff like that and all these names because it's rubbish. It's not right. It's not what we should be calling it. And it isn't isn't about all of those things, but just kind of about how those things then go on to affect us when we're younger. So that's kind of where my background comes from. So when I've grown up, I've seen dieting culture. My grandparents they did it too they were on it they were always on diets you know they would do diets where they'd get food sent to them so that they didn't have to cook or prepare or they did lighter life because my mum lost the weight on there and stuff like that so when you're growing up around this it can be really really damaging 
in terms of, you know, this is, this is what you are. This is who you are. This is your culture. So you grow up and you see all these things and all of a sudden you're, you're now part of diet culture and you're 13 years old, 14 years old. And all you should be doing is focusing on playing uh, football with your friends and going out and eating good food and training and stuff like that. When you, when you're into sport or, or playing games and stuff like that, like you should never really be thinking about all this stuff, but because you're in that, you, you are, and it's really important that you go on to understand that if you haven't been through this, then, and, but you're now listening to this, you could also be doing it to someone else. You could be doing it to your kids. So it's really important that we take a real handle on this. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. And I'd never look at, but well, those that know me now, I don't need to say that, but I don't look at my mum or my family to be bad people because they're diet culture, because the education was so, so poor. And it pains me to see that that actually is kind of all they had to look up to because now we know so much better. Yes, we still have companies that market it. And yes, we have people that still follow it. But it doesn't mean that's all that we've got because it certainly isn't. Um, I'll give you an example. One of my clients used to be um, put into competitive sport. Um, and I won't mention the sport because I don't want it to become abundantly clear who it is because I know that she went through a really hard time and it's had a real knock-on effect to you know, who she is now and the way that she struggles with food and the way that it's secret eating, binge eating and stuff like that. Like, So competitive sport as a kid, in that sport, there was a set way that you had to look. It was all about your image as well as your ability. So you could have been the best at that sport in the world. But if you didn't have the image that they wanted you to have, then you didn't make it. So there was loads of pressure. So for example, before she would do that event or do the training or do something like a, not a match, but do the that show, she wouldn't eat because she knew she had to look a certain way. She just wouldn't eat. There was an awful lot of pressure from her parents to to not eat or to, to, to make sure she met that because they were trying to help her be the person in the sport that she wanted, but actually didn't handle it in the right way where there was so much pressure on not eating and, and effectively starving herself to make sure that she could do the sport, she could do what she supposedly wanted. But now that she's alone and she's away from that sport because she didn't make it, now she's got all these food issues in this relationship with food where secret eating and binge eating and, and, and judging her worth by the number on the scale because she would be weighed in her sport to make sure that she was going to look or be a certain way. And that's had a knock-on effect. And we're talking 30 years later. So how do we go about that? How are we relating to this? There'll be, again, there'll be lots of people that are doing this as well. Like there's a lot of you that are doing this, that you have these things. You you resonate with what I'm saying and it's powerful and it's painful to listen to. And I understand it. And I understand it because I've also been through it and I, I get it. So that drove me to be better. So when I then got into fitness, I was at secondary school. I'd sort of had enough of being called the fat kid. And I wouldn't say I was bullied. Again, it's not worries me. But if you're a fat kid or you're an ugly kid or you've got like, I don't know, maybe ginger hair, you are often the butt of the jokes. And that's okay. And I'm, I'm thick enough skin to deal with that. But it did have an effect. When you kind of get fed up of it, that's when we started to do it. So I very quickly learned with the money that I was getting from my parents that I had pocket money and food money for school. I very quickly learned that if I didn't eat, use my food money or use much less of it, I could have more money to save. And the school got a gym. So I'd save all my money up. I wouldn't spend it on food. So I'd go, I'd eat breakfast at home and I'd go all day without food and I'd come home for dinner and I would train in the gym and I'd play football at lunchtime and I lost loads of weight and I got really, really slim. I lost lots of weight. So I got very skinny. 
And I thought, wow, this is it. I'm not fat anymore. But I went too far. And I ended up in a, in a position where then I would look down and I wasn't happy with how I looked. So then it became all about putting on some size. It became about building muscle. So kind of all the money that I'd saved and I'd then gone and joined an external gym. I spent loads of it, loads of my money on food and I was eating three, 4,000 calories a day and I become very obsessive in trying to gain muscle. And all that happened was I went too far and I gained loads of fat. And then it started again. So already we've created a long-term binge and restrict cycle because I wasn't happy with my shape. I wasn't happy with my body. So then what I did is I managed to, I got educated um, using the internet and then did my gym instructors course. And I spent loads of time searching uh, nutrition and I lost all that fat again. But this time I almost had a little bit of shape. I was happy with where I was at and it continued from there. And that's when I started to learn that you can have normal food and you can go out on the weekend and you can go to the pub and have a beer and you can still lose weight. Now we're not talking that long ago. We're talking 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, seven to 10 years ago at tops where we're now only starting to realize. So after seven to eight years of struggling with my weight and my body image at a minimum, I'm still only 18, 19 and I'm still only learning how to manage that. And no one reached out to support me. No one had that education within my family. So we're trying to put the onus on these people listening to this podcast to be the ones that do have that knowledge, that do have that education, that do do better for them and for the others around them. Um, and that's kind of how I got into my home fitness because in the time of being an adult from 15, I was still playing football, um, but I wasn't very good and I wasn't in the best shape and I could have been better and I could have been fitter and I could have been faster. Um, I could have been more confident at school. At that age, obviously, with girls and boys, you know, like boyfriend, girlfriend, there was still those struggles. I wasn't in a position where I could do that um, just because I didn't feel good in myself, right? And then that has a huge knock-on effect. So since starting fitness, I've completely changed my life around where I'm confident. I can walk into a room and not worry about what others think because I'm so confident in me. I've had the resilience. I've trained. I've worked hard. I've failed many times. I've failed for getting too much weight gain. I failed for too much weight loss. I failed weightlifting. I've failed courses and stuff like that. Like I've done it all, but that all that's done is build a resilience and build a confidence and a almost a sassiness to be like, look, this is me. This is who I am. And, and this is why, but actually I'm not fussed what you think of me, not because I'm so egotistical. I don't care, but because I'm so confident in myself and who I can be that I can listen to that person and take their feedback on board and apply what I think is valid and ignore what I don't. It's almost like a thick skin element. So it's given me personally that confidence to be a better person because I'm not worried about what I do. I'm not worried about who I am. I'm not worried about where I go. I'm happy to travel by myself, train by myself, walk by myself, walk into a room, go on courses with different people um, and stuff like that. So it's, it's provided huge value just in my training life but then not only that, it's now provided me a career. Now, I'm going to tell you the story of how I became a PT, and a lot of people don't believe me. So the story of me becoming a PT, it always seems a little bit made up, to be honest, but I promise you it isn't. So I did my gym instructor's qualification, which for those that don't know is the level two through school, so through PE. I had no interest in doing it, but it was an extra qualification, and it was offered to me, and I took it, and I did it, and I failed the exam. And then I got support from the tutor and I somehow scraped the pass on the exam. Um, and that was it. I was a level two gym instructor. I went and worked in a gym for work experience for a couple of weeks. 
Um, kind of got a feel for the gym, got around, started training. Didn't have any clue what I was doing because, of course, I was only a level two gym instructor. And it basically teaches you how to breathe in a gym and that's about it. Um, so I did my work experience. I trained, I cleaned the machines, I cleaned the toilets, I cleaned the spin studio and watched people come in and feel great when they leave, whether they were sad when they come in and better themselves and train for themselves and just really change their lives. And it was really, really empowering to see that that was, that was possible for people. And I saw PTs in the gym and training people and most of them weren't very good. Now I know, now I'm more educated, but they were still, even though they were not necessarily well-educated and maybe not the safest, they were still empowering their clients. They were still changing clients' lives like they were. Um, so when I very quickly realized that, that how important it was, that's when I started getting more and more regular into the gym. So I started training more. I started committing more. I started coaching myself a little bit more. I went to a fitness expo with a friend. Um, post breakups, I went to Body Power in Birmingham post breakup. Um, and this always sticks out for me because I remember being in that relationship and the partner at the time said to me, it doesn't matter if you do what you enjoy as long as you get paid a good amount of money because she was going to have the fun job. And that will always stick out and stand out in my life as a, a, pivotal, a pivotal moment um, when it came to making the decision to, to do my PT course. So like I say, I went over to Body Power um, and we sat down for lunch. We turned, we sat down at this table there was a leaflet over face, so the, the front down and just a white leaflet back in on the side that I could see. I turned it over um, and it was, a, it was a deal for a level two and three PT um, diploma. Obviously, I'd done my level two. So I decided I'm going to just pop it in my bag. And then that night, I remember being reminded of this statement of it doesn't matter if you do what you enjoy as long as you earn money because it wouldn't do fun. I'd do a fun job and I was going to be the breadwinner and that was going to keep the relationship sweet. I very quickly applied for the level three. Now I did it for something to do. I did it as an opportunity to learn something and to make my training better, but I never ever did it to be a personal trainer. Once I did that, I had a few people ask me for some support once I passed, which I did. Um, and I very quickly started up my own fitness class um, at Escape Fitness and that went incredibly. Looking back, most of it was support from friends and, and friends' friends who turned up and we was getting 20, 25 people each class. Um, and, you know, we were charging for it and we was earning good, good money um, and I was having fun and people had started asking for more and more support. So how I became a PT is quite simple. I fell into it. But when I started helping these people come into the fitness class, the mums of the world, the people that had kids, the people that had these these backgrounds that I've been through, you know, the ones where they all they know is overweight life, you know, parents overweight, family overweight, um, not having a good time with food and stuff like that that's when I knew that that's where I could really help. So we started getting the education in. So trying to teach people about food, we started learning about nutrition. We started supporting. And the, the vision behind the coaching and the vision behind Travis Brown coaching has always been about empowerment, education and exercise. Empowering busy mums to improve their food, their nutrition, their mental health, their education, not only for them, but for those around them, because I know and they know how important that would have been to them in a real life. And maybe if they'd have had the education or their parents had had the education that I was giving them, well, maybe they wouldn't be with me. And that was really, really important to me to, to understand that actually these people, there's more to their life. They're not, they don't always need to be on diets. They don't always need to be 
losing weight for holiday? How do we make them the better people that they, that, you know, that actually they are, they are those people. They are good people. They are great people. They are raising families. They are working hard. They are supporting partners. And that has always been the vision. And when you can start to do that and you can start to impact people in a positive way, in a way that I was personally affected by my own family and upbringing, well, then all of a sudden you have the best job in the world. You're getting up at 5 a.m. You go into bed at 10 p.m. and you're doing it five days a week. Or when I first started, I was working in an office. So I was getting up at five. I had a client at six, a client at seven. I would train at eight. I'd walk into the office at five past nine. I'd work till five. I'd be at the gym for quarter past five and I'd train people till quarter past nine. I'd go home. I'd go to bed and I did that five days a week. I would train clients Saturday morning and Sunday morning because I couldn't make the jump from going in an office to full-time self-employed. But every given minute at work, sorry, old bosses, I was trying to work on my business, not for me to make money, but to support those people because that was my genuine passion. And something that's been really, really important to me is to realize, actually, the more I did that, the more I focused on those people and supported them, the more my business grew and the more people I helped. Um, and that's kind of why we are here where we are today and having helped loads and loads of people achieve exactly what we set out to achieve, you know, to, to support their families, to be better people for themselves, to be better people for others, to have that level of resilience and that confidence and that excitement, you know, being able to get up and play with their kids. You know, I've had clients that never used to be able to walk, they'd get out of breath, they'd have to sit down walking for half an hour. She now takes her kid out to play football all the time. She comes back with 10,000 steps. Yeah, she's still got struggles. She's been through a lot and, and she'll be listening to this knowing who I talk about. But her first goal when she signed up to me in lockdown was to be a better example to her son. And I can't tell you enough how much she's done that. And I know from when watching, I know that she's done it as well in terms of that support and everything that she's done for her son has been super important to life for him, for her, and all of those stuff. Like where now she is in a place where going out and playing football with her boy is, is easy, you know? Like, yeah, if work fits and... He's been to the gym and they used to go to the gym together and she's worked on his food. And, you know, she was able to spot signs of him falling into the diet trap of, you know, being a little bit underweight and under eating or never being hungry. But because she's been through that, that was her background and also had that relationship with her mum, where now she is in a position to spot those signs and, and to encourage good behaviour. So no, just having away from that diet culture. Yeah, a lot of people mention it. Diet culture is bad. Diet culture is not a good culture. Cutting down fat for an event, gaining loads of fat. The quick win culture is bad. There is a place for it. If you are a bodybuilder, if you're a model, if you're an actor, an actress, if you're doing a photo shoot, maybe if you're trying to have a real big goal, something to focus on, it's fine and it works there. But the culture is not a good culture to be around. And we need to be really, really conscious of that and aware of that and and understand that it's not a good place to be and and that person has had a really good positive effect so fitness and health has a huge impact but if for me what is what has health and fitness achieved for me it's given me a career it's given me body confidence it's given me education it's empowered me it's taken me away from a really toxic upbringing because i now know what is right and what is wrong for me um, and I've stepped away from relationships within my family that support me every day to be the person I wanted to be, to be the person I wanted to support because 
I had that empowerment from training. I had that resilience from fitness. I had this new aura around me that knew that I wasn't just someone that had to follow the rules and stick by what I knew because that wasn't me. And that's really important. So what has fitness done for me is, well, it's, it's changed my life. It's given me the mental health uh, boost. It gives me the resilience to support when I'm feeling down. It gives me the resilience to be uh, able to go through harder situations in life where before maybe I wouldn't have dealt with that. It makes me uh, enjoy football more. I'm able to go and do stupid things like run marathons or do CrossFit or Olympic lift or, um, you know, deadlift stupid amounts of weight or squat big weights and stuff like that because it's just given me that all-round confidence about who I am that has translated into relationships, given me a better place to understand other people, particularly now I'm a PT, understanding others' menstrual cycles and the relationships around me has all been really, really important to, to who I am. So hopefully you feel like when I talk to you about these things now and when me and Carl do the podcast or if you're one of my clients or if you're one of even Carl's clients and you're thinking, well, what does this guy understand? Like, what, what, what does he know? I'm coming from your background. I relate. I get it. I understand it. I've lived it. I've been through it. I've struggled with dieting history. I've struggled with weight history, fitness history, the support networks. I've done it all. I've been part of it. I will... I've lived it, I've breathed it, I've dreamed it and it's and I've come out the other side in a position where I still understand it and I still struggle with some of it. I still sometimes struggle with secret eating. I still sometimes struggle with binge eating if I died for too long. I did a photo shoot, got into the shape of my life, loved how I looked. As soon as I gave myself that freedom back or someone gave me that freedom back, I really struggled to rein it in. So I struggle with that culture because it's something that's a part of me. So if you think I don't get it, I do. And I know Kyle does as well. And it would be good for him to do one like this as well. He doesn't know it because he hasn't listened to this yet, but I might make him do one anyway. Um, But then I wanted to cover some of these answers and I'm just going to read them out. And I'm just going to read them out individually in terms of what has fitness done for others. So I've got some answers that I'm going to read. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about how you can get started. So some of these in terms of how you can get started. For quick response, we had someone say that her confidence is up, her mental health, her happiness... Obviously, they're hard to measure, but they're all interlinked, but they were in a much better place. Feeling healthier, fitter inside and out. The mental well-being was incredible. The feeling fabulous and confident in their own skin. Again, resonating with that and all those different things you can do is so, so important. Improved digestion. Something that not enough of us think about. People that have eaten poor, poorer quality foods, foods that don't digest well, stuff like that. They haven't considered how that could improve a lack of aches and pains, body confidence, functional fitness, all of those have a knock-on effect to why someone would keep up with it. Someone else had 100% improved mental health followed by improved sleep. Again, improved sleep. Sleep is your switch on and off. Like If you can switch on and off and you can do your reset, you're going to wake up feeling so much better. Someone put, key for me is knowing that I'm not alone in the challenge and the community helps. And that's so, so important because if you think about what we're building here and what we're trying to do with the Healthy Six is that's exactly what we're trying to achieve. You're not alone in this. You're not a single person struggling away. Like We are here to support you. Kyle and I are here to change your life, not flip it upside down, but we're ready to go. Now we had some really deep ones and I want, I'm going to read these out word for word, like read them out and I'm going to read them and I want you to think about them and I want to see if you resonate with them. 
and understand what fitness and health can do for you. And then that will allow us to just talk about that, how we can really get started again. So we had fitnesses maybe look at the number on the scales as a numerical data and not a reflection of how my body is seen by myself and others. Now, I know for a fact that person has struggled with body dysmorphia. That person still struggles with body dysmorphia. We work very, very closely to make sure that we're not allowing that number to dictate our happiness. We work very, very closely to make sure that the number is used for data so we can make adjustments to support her body, to support her transformation, her mental well-being, and just that all-round confidence. So we know that that has a knock-on effect. So had, without sounding dramatic, quite simply, fitness saved my life. I bet my last pound on it. Simply put, if I hadn't lost weight initially, two years ago, I'd never found that lump in my boob. If by chance I'd found it, it's still at my bigger size, I don't think I'd have the confidence to go to the GP for the fear of it being put down to weight-related. So I'd have left it untreated or undiagnosed for longer, maybe until I became symptomatic, and then it would have been too late, and I'd not be sat here now. The inner strength and confidence fitness gave me during the toughest years of my life as an escape from a cancer and hospital. By carrying on exercising during chemotherapy and radiotherapy, it reduced my side effects, which is now scientifically proven, but we are behind in the UK at promoting it. It allowed me to carry on as best as I could and gave me the mindset to control it rather than it control me. It became a quicker recovery both times, both after major surgery, maintained muscle mass when you usually, usually lose so much due to drugs, a sense of purpose, become more active with my son, if you didn't hear that one earlier. It's given me the confidence to do things over the last two years that I'd only ever dreamed about. And despite the worst two years of my life, because I've on this journey I embarked on, I'm happier now than I've ever been. It's made me value my life and self-worth, changing the mindset that my worth isn't just indicated by what the scales say, but that you can still have a life while still being a work in progress, whereas initially thought I needed to get to the end goal before you was even worthy. It isn't... I mean, wow, like, and that's just one of them. And there's more here. There is lots more. The next one, fitness gave me my health back. My blood, uh, blood pressure is down. Your heart rate is down since training. Daily tasks are much easier. I have confidence in other areas of my life with realizing if you can push yourself in the gym, why can't I push outside of the gym? One person said fitness had changed their outlook on so many things. It made them a more present person to enjoy life in other than eating, drinking and searching for the next party. They realise that getting up at 6am to go to the gym is a choice and not a chore, and which they love. And it's also added more than a few years onto their life of health and fitness. Since everyone else was sharing, and like someone else said, it makes you feel less alone, this person believes it saved their life too. They'd slowly gained so much weight through not prioritising their health with going self-employed. And although you knew, she knew she had just blocked it out and tried not to think about it, she'd been so busy that she'd kept making excuses for bad habits. Once lockdown finally happened, they were forced to stop and face themselves. They hadn't looked in the mirrors or seen what they'd done to themselves because they didn't want to know. They blocked it out, like not checking your bank account if you spent too much money, which probably resonates after this weekend stag do. Um, they were so sick mentally and physically, they couldn't bend down or walk to the corner shop without being tired. They were emotional eaters and would binge and starve to punish themselves. They were so unhappy with what they saw in themselves, they didn't want to see other people. And they started to slowly hide away more and more as they were so embarrassed and hated themselves. Now, I wanna, I'm want to. i going to come back to this more, but they continue to say started just getting out of the house for walks in lockdown or something to do to help mental health. They enjoyed the time and the fresh air and they pushed themselves to go as far as they could and started to change other habits like eating better. It became a traje trajectory in the sense that the better that they felt, the more they looked after themselves and liked how they felt. The weight started to come off and I started to feel more confident and more myself again. Now fitness is a way of life. 
It helps me escape. It helps me keep control. They feel really strong and they love how much energy they have. It gave her her life back. It gave her health back, her confidence. And she's genuinely scared as to where she might have been if, ne- if she'd never made the change. It's all very important. It's amazing to see what people can do. And this is why we're not encouraging people to just look at the scales. Now, I am, I've got more here. So fitness for this person gives them confidence. They love going to the gym and feeling good. It, it struggled with insecurities and got into a major rut through lockdown. And since of letting your fitness go and going home, just sitting in front of the TV all night. When there's a routine, they feel better and more productive. And they love getting up early for a sunrise walk and getting workouts in. It sets up the day and they make better choices throughout the day and don't feel the urge to snap. When they have a routine, they don't feel the urge to binge. And it stops them from hiding baggy clothes and feeling uncomfortable all the time and comparing yourself by focusing on fitness. It brings them confidence. This one. Fitness for me, when I first started, was all about losing weight. I'd put on university and wanting to look good. Since then, it's become so much more. It's the way they deal with stress in their life. They've found it to be helpful in making them more positive. It helps me stay fitter for work and football and feel so much more healthy. A lot more confidence in themselves and way more sociable. And having that routine allows them to be the creature of habit that they are at nature and support those steps. They feel much better about themselves and they're already feeling amazing after this next part of fitness journey. They've only been working with me for two weeks. Very obsessed with scale weight and hitting certain weight targets for an upcoming holiday or trip in the past would be overtraining and not having any rest days or time off and stressing if I miss a day, which would result in undereating, which then resulted in binge eating. Obviously, with the process put in place, this person now doesn't have to worry about that. So these are all really, really huge wins and why everyone should focus on their fitness, not just for weight management, not just for a certain way they look, but we can see here that the way they feel, lots of them, has been huge into the way that they continue. Um, so that we have a number of things there, but fitness can be so much more to so many different people. It doesn't all have to be the same. How do you get into fitness? So one person said they started going for a walk. The other person just changed their eating habits whilst they were busy working shifts. One person already loved training. So how can you start focusing on your health and fitness? It's to start getting into this Healthy Six Facebook group. Start really getting involved. Start com- contributing on the group. Start making sure that you feel confident to talk to people. If you're unsure, drop me and Kyle a DM. Again, Kyle is at Kyle O'Sullivan PT. I'm at Travis Brown Coaching. Contact us. Get support, whether it's just a training program, whether it's just a nutrition plan, whether it's just contact about the way you feel when you do go to the gym. We can help you in so many different ways to support that progress, whether it's mental or physical. We can do that and we will do that. Whether it's joining the gym, whether it's going to a running club, whether it's just about doing more steps each day, they're all part of the process and they're all something that you can manage each day to support your journey. So this episode's been a bit deep and there's not really much education in it, but if it does anything, it should get you to understand how much I relate and resonate with you and your struggles, how others have come through and what they've achieved through health and fitness that isn't just losing four pounds on the scales why we shouldn't just chase a five pound weight loss and why we should be doing fitness and health or or taking part in things that improve your fitness and health for so many more reasons. So guys, thank you for listening. Hopefully it's not been too deep. Please share it with your friends. Please share it with your family. Please get involved in the Healthy Six Facebook group and the Healthy Six. There are some really big things coming. We're hoping to put on a a workshop, so a training workshop. We're hoping to get... um, 
a big amount of education coming through. We're hoping to start a challenge to support you where we're going to take you through a fat loss phase that be very limited. There's loads coming. So for you that are trying to really work on health and fitness, lose some fat, be more active, be more mobile for you and your family, be more confident, be more energetic, sleep well, and just be all round happier and take yourself to like a real unstoppable position working on those six pillars. And guys, please get involved. We are here to help. Share this with your friends and family. Leave a comment. If if you'd like to share how health and fitness has impacted your life, then please do so because we would be really keen to hear. Again, thank you for listening, guys. Drop us a question if you've got any. um, And we will look forward to getting Carl back next week and really getting back on with those six pillars.